Hey y'all, Marcy here. And Akko. Yeah, so, so yeah, I know y'all about tired of us for being like, hey girl, we got announcements, but uh, <laughs> yeah, girl, we have more announcements. So yes, so I know what's going on this year. I don't know if it's 2020. I don't know if it's just like, you know, like the need, like the desire for community, but we've been mm. doing a lot of collaborations and this week is no different. So yeah, we, we were part of two recent collaborations, one of which was with the Bookstore Podcast, where we talked to the hosts, Becca and Corinne, and they essentially just didn't... In, interview with us where we got to talk more about just like our origin story with the color pages book club how Akko and i met one another just sort of like our process in in making the podcast i know we don't really talk about like how we pick the books and how we edit and like you know all these different decisions around like you know website and like how we brand ourselves things like that oh oh my god brand lol what is this like llc like anyway um so we usually (laughs) it was mostly talking about our philosophy yeah why we decided to make this podcast exactly we hope the listeners get out of it and why we do it with each other, you know. Exactly. And just talking a bit more about, about our process. So it's very, very mm-hmm. cute. Becca and Corinne are lit. So yeah, so definitely yeah. check out. We'll link in the show notes the episode. It should be their most recent one, if not maybe the second most recent one by the time this comes out. But um, but yeah, check it out. It's a cute little episode or whatever. It is. It is a cute little episode or whatever. Um, <laughs> speaking of cute little episodes, we also did a collab with SJW Comic Book Club with Monte, Ver- <laughs> with Monte Veronica and Melissa. We read Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur Full Moon, which is a comic. It's like a compilation of comics. A comic Mm -hmm. anthology? Sure. It was cute and fun, and they're great, and we enjoy talking to them. And, you know, their show is just, it's cute. They read books, and they drink alcohol. And those are a combination of two things that are fun and exciting. Ain't it? And also, too, yeah, that's also one thing that is funny about theirs. Yeah, usually for our show, we don't don't necessarily drink. But they were like, yeah, girl, if you want to drink, like, hop on. And so I, I, Marcy, like, I took full advantage. So if you want to (laughs) hear... Drunken shenanigans, by all means, please do listen. The the wine tends to match the comic too, which is fun, and yeah. um, they have different themes for each season. So check them out; it's really cool. Yeah, they're really, 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 really dope, and yeah, just instant chemistry. So great, so funny. So yeah, check them out. It's it's, it's lit, and yeah, we'll link their episode as well. Okay, so yes, so enough with announcements. Let's get into the episode. Yeah. Hey, I'm Akko. And I'm Marcy. And welcome to the Colored Pages Book Club. Yes, this is a book club that is actually a bi-weekly podcast, and it focuses <laughs> on fiction, <laughs> fantasy, and magical realism, written by writers from colorful backgrounds. Yes, come on, my girls. And today, <laughs> oh my God, and today, I'm literally putting this on the internet. Okay, and today we will be reading my pick, actually, which is a magical realism YA novel called When the Moon Was Ours by Anna Marie McClaymore. So just to give a little bit more background on the author, Anna Marie McClaymore, who takes they, them pronouns, writes magical realism and fairy tales that are as queer, Latinx, and non-binary as they are. Their books include The Weight of Feathers, the 2017 Stonewall Honor book, which is what we're reading today, When the Moon Was Ours. They have another book called Blanca and Roja, which is a New York Times book review editor's choice, as well as the forthcoming The Mirror Season. Ooh, magical realism. Right. Like, they doing the damn thing. Like, I mean, also just... Well, actually, you know what? We'll save that. Huh. We'll save it. I mean, but, how much <laughs> magical realism has we done, too? Not that much, so... Yeah, actually, not... Yeah. 
It's more we're we're kind of like slice of life like like low. Yeah, key, a little like, bit. We got a little, little bit of just <laughs> fiction. We're heavy fiction people, and a lot of like, sci-fi. Yeah. All right, here we are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's you know add up to our name. Right. I guess <laughs> like the description we give every two weeks. <laughs> um, stop lying to people. Right. So. Guess we'll live up to it or something. <laughs> right. Fuck. Um. But you know, speaking of living up to things, I have. <laughs> Hey, question. <laughs> oh, amazing. What is your question? So, in this novel, Araceli, who is Miel's caretaker, has the ability to cure lovesickness. Mm-hmm. So, the question is, thinking back to moments of lovesickness in your life, given mm-hmm. the opportunity, would you cure it? Oh my god. I come with the quick questions, man. It's not even that a joke. A, that <laughs> is a qu- okay. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Okay. So I know what I want to say. I'm someone that likes to know exactly what I'm going to say before I say it, but I just got to get comfortable with figuring it out while I say it. So we're going to do well, that. Well, do you want Let's me to go? In. Do you want me to go first instead? Uh, no, I think I can go first. All I think right. I have a, a yeah. pretty good, good idea of what I want to say. Okay. So. This is interesting because I guess if we're defining love sickness as just like the immediate feeling of, say, like rejection or like, I don't know, the, I guess the sorrow that might follow after like the, you know, the, mm. the ending of like a, fi- of a like romantic relationship or something like that. The actual feeling of that, no. Because in the past, whenever I've experienced any sort of like rejection or anything like that, there's almost like a... Like, even though I'm sad, I, I'm, i like, also really happy. It's mm. not... It feels, like, kind of paradoxical and, like, dichotomous at the same time. Like, I'm just, like, oh, my God. Like, I feel really sad, but I'm also, like, really happy and, like, proud of myself for, like, being vulnerable. Like, there's always that, like, right. pride of being vulnerable that I, like, really, really cherish. So I don't think I would take that away. However... Oh. If I could cure, say, the trauma, like the truths that sometimes we take with those experiences about mm. ourselves that actually aren't true at all, like, you know, the the idea, for example, in insecurities. my case, let me, let me, exactly, the insecurities, the, because like, once you experience, you know, rejection from like, you know, in these different ways from multiple people and things like that, it's just a fact of life. It's just a factor that we're just going to experience, but I think it's easy to internalize it and mm. to say that there's something wrong with you. I know that that's something that I have done and struggled to still not do in my like day-to-day life now and so i guess if i could find a way to cure that or at the very least recognize it when i'm doing it and like call it out better and be like you know that's like a take but that's not like the Mm. lesson here like this isn't like the pbs like oh yeah like lesson of the day like (laughs) you actually are trash like that's not that's actually not the takeaway at all so if i had some way to cure that then yes but the actual feeling and the sadness and just like the raw emotion of like love or like love ending or things like that. I I, I don't think I would take that away actually. Um, mm. But to be fair, I also have never really gone through like a super major intense, like breakup or anything like that. Like I've it, like everything I've gone through at this point has been like, like relatively mild. Like it hasn't been like, you know, like wasn't that difficult to, to move on from. So <laughs> talk to me in like 10 years and we'll see Ooh. if Marcy has a different response. What about you? Hmm. Yeah, I feel like if I could cure lovesickness. You see, when I was going to go first, I really thought I had an answer. And now that I've thought about it, well. That'd be happening. (laughs) That'd be happening. (laughs) Um, I think that 
love and rejection or unrequited love or things ending is the bitter sweetness that gives life flavor. Because as you said, mm. like you don't get out of being alive and parts of being alive are sorrow. It's just a feeling that happens. Um, but I, I agree with your point about the vulnerability, right? Like it is very cool and very awesome to feel so deeply about anything at all. And sometimes it reminds mm. you that you can feel, but to be fair, if you take Oof. it, yeah, but Say I, mean, that. <laughs> I do think that sometimes people take that intoxication of love sickness to the extreme and it becomes something mm -hmm. you chase, which not a great idea either. But I do think if you, yeah, being heartbroken really hurts, you know, like mm -hmm. it's not even like a sharp pain. Sometimes it's like a dull, consistent pain it, yeah, it's rough. But I do think not working through it or trying to like cover over it or not going through the process is is detrimental to your growth. You kind of have to go through it and become mm -hmm. more or better or sit with it, you know, force you to sit with your feelings. So I want to get rid of the feeling. And in fact, if I could mm -hmm. learn the lesson without going through the feeling... Yes, I would Oof. cure the love sickness, but apparently you mm. can't do that. So, <laughs> fine. <laughs> I'll learn my lessons, whatever, universe. That's, that's real. It's funny, actually. My, like, maybe like a year and a half ago, the therapist that I was seeing at the time, and we were actually having a very similar conversation where I was like, you know, sometimes, like, you know, you go through hardship, but you learn some lessons and, you know, you just move on, you just persevere, you just, you just continue. And she's like... Yeah, 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 you know, I'm, I, I hear what you're saying. But also sometimes, you know, I'll be walking past a bookshelf and, you know, a book will just fall off the shelf. And I'll just be like, you know what, that might just be the universe saying, you know what, girl, learn the lesson just by reading the book. <laughs> just, you know, like sometimes <laughs> you can learn the same shit by just not yeah. having to put yourself through the goddamn ringer. And I'm like, that is a... But you know, You're right. that's true. But as someone who is consistently trying to take that approach, where I'm like, I'll just learn it from a book. I don't have to go through it. In fact, Marcy, the amount of times I've been like, because I theoretically understand this, I'm not going to get into it. And I like, mm, like yep. dodge bullets. Like I'm over here like Neo. Like, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but the truth of the, <laughs> the truth of the matter is, as far as smart as you are and as prepared as you are and as ready you are for the world, there is some stuff that you're just gonna have to go through. It might That's not be it. romantic love rejection. It might be, you know, the death of a family member. It might be a loss mm -hmm. of a friendship. You're just not gonna get out of it. You're not gonna get out of it. And those are the moments where you're heartbroken and you want a cure. Mm. And there's no cure but getting through it. Oh, unless, mm -hmm. I mean, Araceli has a cure, so you go there. Yeah, like like she got it, so right. I don't know. <laughs> just hit her Except up. Except um, Miss Owens still isn't curious, so maybe it's a hit or miss. But, you know, Miss Owens <laughs> kind of a jerk, so maybe that's why. Whatever, I don't know. <laughs> these are people that we'll explain shortly. Um, no right. worries. Sorry, these yeah. aren't just like random people. <laughs> We're just bringing up <laughs> right. a ramble or, or like context. <laughs> so there's like a, a um, classroom somewhere where like a Miss Owens is like, what did I do? <laughs> right. <laughs> like Miss Owens listens to the podcast like, wait, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? Um, yeah, no, that is... I like the way you put that. You can't just... Get out of life. Um, I've tried. Just, it, yeah, same. <laughs> Sa literally same, same. And, you know, it's just, just the beauty of feeling, my God. Yeah, the I beauty just... of feeling. Yeah, and and honestly, you sh not everything should you try to get out of. Like, yeah, it hurts. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Don't get yourself into trouble. But, you know, yeah. like, if you loved 
deeply and truly and i think you know what i think the answer is when you have a relationship with someone be it a friendship or a sibling or a romantic relationship just do it well do it properly Mm. i think that's more important than whether or not it lasts or if you have to deal with the feeling of love sickness afterwards because that's always going to happen but always at least take pride in that you've done it well so that if it Mm -hmm. ends it at least ends well i didn't make that up i learned that from a friend who said it very poetically so Mm. you know well thank you for that that's that's beautiful yeah i guess (sighs) we should uh do the summary huh yeah (laughs) 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 the kids are like really guys that's your transition it is they're they're like this is has to have been the laziest of all the transitions y'all have ever actually done ever you guess you'll like, do the summer you guess it's like girl i guess we'll do the podcast it's like what the fuck <laughs> what is this inter- y'all <laughs> come on oh my gosh but yes but we will take a break and when we get back we'll get into the plot summary Woo. when the moon was ours yes. Woo. see y'all in a bit <laughs> And are all right, yeah. Love sickness, uh, hard stuff, but you can do it. You can do it. And can yes, yes, you can. Hang yes, out with can. your friends, eat some ice cream, unless you're mm-hmm. lactose intolerant. Then you know, maybe a little gelato. So maybe vegan ice cream. Ooh. You know? Also, real sh- okay. So, like, quick aside, have you had Halo Top? I have not. Okay, it's like this. Like they give you like pints. Their whole thing is like, oh, like we have like less sugar, and it's like mm. I guess a slightly healthier version of ice cream. Mm. They got these vegan flavors that be hitting. Oh my! Oh my god! I, I think some. one of them was like when I was in DC. I used to like get them a lot, and I'm pretty sure I used to get. There was one that was like birthday cake flavored. Ah, bless yourself. Next time you're at anybody's <laughs> goddamn grocery, just, just see if they got some Halo Top because that should be. Shit, let me talk to myself because I'm like, bitch, you were around grocery stores. Like, let's, <laughs> we got to get back into that. Like, that should not be a, like a nostalgic thing for the past. Like, <laughs> do you remember that um that that birthday cake popcorn we got when we were watching Neo Yokio? Yes. Uh, uh, weird, but good. Yeah. Like you wouldn't expect it, but for those listening, it was at Trader Joe's. Packs. Um, not sure if they still have it, Mm-mm. but um, yeah, if you can get get you some birthday cake flavor popcorn, I know it sounds weird. disgusting, but that shit is good. Hit, hit, hit. Birthday cake flavored anything, honestly. I mean, like, can you fuck it up? Like, I feel like I'm dead. I feel like you gotta try. So, <laughs> anyway, um, All right, let's get into this summary. <clears throat> let's do it. So, so when the moon was ours, <laughs> it's a lovely, it's a lovely, like, very magical book. So, so, mm-hmm. so, the story takes place in a little town that's getting rid of an old water tower, and apparently, to do that, they have to tip it over and drain all the water out. Um, I was like, this doesn't seem efficient, but what do I know? Right. <laughs> I don't live there. Yeah, right. I, I, don't I don't know. Maybe. Um, so everyone in town, it's actually a nice communal effort. Like everyone in town helps clear out the field and like get the animals out, make sure there's no kids in the field. And they're like, oh, good job. We all did it. Gold stars all around. So then they mm. tip the water tower and then lo and behold, in the flooded field, there's a child. And everyone's like, okay, I definitely remember that gold star we all just got for clearing everything out. Like, <laughs> what's this child doing here? And she's obviously screaming and crying because she just fell off a water tower. No one knows where yeah. she's from. She's and, like in it. And it's like, what? Right. And you're like, how are you eating? Well, anyway. So, but in particular, she's freaking out because these four girls, the Bonner sisters, Chloe, Leon, 
Leon? Yeah, Leon. Yeah. Peyton and <laughs> Ivy. And they all have red hair and they're standing in, they're holding a pumpkin because their parents own a pumpkin patch. Um, but not like a little mm. pumpkin patch, like a industrial pumpkin patch, uh, whatever. Anyway, so they're yeah. holding pumpkins. like mad pumpkins. Yeah, there's like mad pumpkins <laughs> everywhere. Jack-o'-lanterns, you know, whatever. But so right. they're holding the pumpkins and it looks like the moon is disappearing behind their heads. It's very poetically written, but she freaks out because she's like, they ate the moon. They took the moon away. And the moon's very important to her. So mm-hmm. the townspeople are too shocked to do anything, understandably, honestly. But Sam, one of the town's kids who is trans and Pakistani, quickly runs over to her and whispers in her ear, ear to kind of comfort her. So the girl's name is Miel, and Sam and his mother take her home. Mm-hmm. And then randomly, Araceli, like, swoops into the house and she's like ah, i could take her in and she also cures love and sickness for the people in the town Aristotle's <laughs> <laughs> just like a random person in the town yes just, just living like <laughs> just jumps in and she's like hey meow come with me and meow's like well you know what i was in a water tower this seems like an upgrade <laughs> come on <laughs> So from that point, Sam and Miel are kind of inseparable. And then it's mm-hmm. interesting because the edges of Miel's clothes are always kind of like a little damp. And she also, more importantly than that, grows roses out from her wrist. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, you know, a thing. And they, when they get really big and heavy, she kind of cuts them off and puts them in the river as an offering to her mother. They also change colors based on her emotions. It, it sounds pretty mm-hmm. cool, but also apparently the process of cutting them is quite painful. I don't yeah. know if that... Even them growing, I think, is kind of painful. It's kind of painful. Yeah, like they have yeah. thorns sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. There there might be like a cutting metaphor here, but if there is, don't don't cut yourself. Just avoid that. Okay, so um, mm. anyway, there's a rumor that they can make you fall in love if you have one and you hide it under your pillow or put it in some water or hang it over your head. I don't know. But others are mm. like, actually gives you bad luck. And in fact, in her culture from the town she was in, it was like a bad omen. Mm-hmm. So Sam paints moons in the sky. They're not flashlights, if you were wondering. They might they might be lanterns. We're not sure. Maybe or they're like just rocks. Well, yeah, maybe they're rocks. Himalayan salt crystals. Maybe it's but like glow. They know. glow. It could be um. What are those things we used to have in the seventies with the um? They go like bloop bloop. Oh, like disco balls? <laughs> no, no, no. But it could be disco balls. But what's the <laughs> other one? <laughs> Um, lava lamps they could be lava lamps something yo lava wow <laughs> shout out to lava lamps Facts. if you're a lava lamp listener like girl shout out like i have a theory that himalayan salt off. crystals are just the lava lamps from millennials but anyway i i actually would agree with that. <laughs> i actually used to have a lava lamp and i, I don't know what really yeah it was back. like a like a fun just asset of my of the room I lived in. So huh. <laughs> don't know why I had it. So Yeah. So Sam either has a lo- lava lamp or a lantern. We don't know. And he paints moons is what we're saying. And he hangs them places. He hangs them. So that it's probably mm-hmm. like a lantern-esque. Or it could be actual moons because it's magical realism. And he hangs them in the sky. And it's more important to him now because Miel feels like she's lost the moon and he's trying to give it to her like a new moon so she doesn't feel so sad okay mm-hmm. time skip into the future no filler episodes right to the boop, teenagers boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> right know when the moon was ours ship it in and right. you know, just, just jump right, at right to part two <laughs> right um, so miel and sam's friendship is turning more romantic and you know they're hanging out mm-hmm. to having sex keep hanging oh, out oh, being oh, cute oh. kisses all okay, around like... <laughs> Um, I'm so embarrassing. <laughs> we're like oh that. Those, you know when your auntie's over here like, oh, who's your little friend? And you're like, it's not my little friend. 
God, right. mom, jeez. It's always it's always a little friend. Everyone Never it's like who's your friend? Always little. Yeah, like six foot like, five. Who's your little friend? Okay. Exactly. So, but will be me in like ten. I'm years very. So. I already is me. Anyway, right. so. <laughs> Um. Meanwhile, the Bonner sisters apparently are like the best thing since sliced bread. So mm-hmm. they're over here pulling every boy in town, and Miel is concerned that one of the sisters will try and seduce a Sam away from her. Mm-hmm. Uh, it always seems that the Bonner sisters have become less powerful in the town, though. They used to be like the Bonner sisters with like flashy lights, but the sister Chloe, and this is kind of tragic that the town is this awful. But yeah. she got pregnant and her family sent her away for a while and now she's back. And the girls have their powers, but it's kind of like diminished, which is a commentary on like the pedestal of female fragility and the way it's weaponized against you. So it's like a double-edged sword. Okay. So anyway, mm. during all this, by the way, the Boner, fa- Boner family has a pumpkin farm, as we mentioned. Except more of the pumpkins are turning into glass, like just glass, because reasons. Okay. Okay, quick quick question. Was yeah. that like a thing? Because Miel had lived there for like a minute. Right. And so so Miel's like really afraid of pumpkins for reasons that we'll go into. But like when she saw that they were made of glass, like she was like really startled by it. But I'm not sure if she knew that they, that would happen or if it only happened that year. Right. I'm confused too because they were saying more and more of the pumpkins were turning into glass and then Sam works on the Boner family farm. So it was, and they were like worried that he has to be careful because there's more and more glass. At first I was like, because sometimes people like for vegetables during a farm, they'll put like mm-hmm. they'll spray the fruit with water before a frost and then it'll freeze but the integrity of the fruit will stay so i was mm. like is that what they're talking about and i'm like that can't that can't be what they're talking that's that's a bit right that can't be whatever i don't know right like that like glass and like being fr- frozen are two different things right so i don't know but okay the pumpkins are glass pumpkins all right people so also like i said sam works on the farm maybe they get some money but also so he doesn't have to go to gym class so we won't get outed um, and Miel helps Araceli cure people of lovesickness. Um, it's a very intense process. There's like bottles and eggs and yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah, it's like a lot. Um, but it works. Like Araceli has oh. never had a client that'd be like, um, so I went for lovesickness curing and it didn't work. Except like, for Miss Owens. Like, Miss Owens seems, well, no, we'll she, yeah, you know, we'll... she does get cured, but she just keeps, that's the thing. Just... But you see what we said earlier about you having to learn the lesson. If you don't have to learn the lesson once you keep making the same mistake, perhaps, perhaps. Yeah, Miss Owens just got like a rotation of fuck boys. Um, okay. It's like a me- We'll talk about Miss Owens later. We'll, it's we'll true. probably introduce her. But yes, anyway, continue. <laughs> <I'll go>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so one day, Miel sees Ivy, who's one of the Boner sisters, being rejected by a boy. Oh my God, they're not as powerful as we thought. <laughs> And um, <laughs> when she's by the river and Ivy catches her, seeing her be rejected. And she's like, hey, why don't you come over to my house? And Miel, you know, knows it's not not a good play. But she feels like almost compelled because the Bonus Sisters have so much like, quote unquote, power. Mm-hmm. So she gets there and the Bonus Sisters basically corner her and cut off her roses. And I was like, this is mad invasive. Yeah. Like, y'all need to. That's weird. And they tell her that she she's not going to drown, quote unquote, her roses anymore. That's what she says when she puts them in the river as like a sacrifice to her mom. There's clearly mm-hmm. some like magical realism as a way to deal with trauma. But anyway. So mm-hmm. instead, she's going to give the roses to them. And she's like, the roses don't do what you think they do. They're not like magical. Mm-hmm. Ro- they just they just grow out of my hands. Like, you know, you could you could go get a rose bush if you want some more roses. And they're like, give right. us your roses. <laughs> Got you some seeds. Like, right, look, like, like, she's like, you look. can find roses in other ways. She's like, Jesus let's Christ. go to Home Depot. They got seed packets. Like. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> but also, is there Home Depot? Because like, what's the time period? Facts. Like, facts. facts. We don't know. Also, are they on the farm? You can't. You. You, you got any friends? Farm friends? With right. Anyway. Super unclear. So they're like, the Home Depot is closed, and if you don't give us your roses, we're gonna tell everyone in town about the real truth about your mother, which is that she tried to drown you and your sibling when you were a kid, and everyone's gonna hate you because that's how teenagers work. That makes no sense. But that's how teenagers think. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh the bonner Ooh, sisters. Let me not insult you. teenagers. I, the bonner sisters are kind of evil. You know, you're probably all fine. Oh yeah, they're like super evil. Mm. But especially Chloe and especially Ivy. Okay, you can't yes. say especially for two people, but like well, if I have to pick one. So yeah, yeah. Leanne is like people call her like they think she's like not that smart, and then Peyton's like queer, but like. I don't know. She's like, her sisters don't know that. And like, she's she tries to keep it like on the down low just because like, you know, mm-hmm. people, well, let me not say download. That's kind of a loaded term. She tries to keep it like secret just because like the town's very like anti LGBTQIA plus. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she knows that that got out. People would just like judge the fuck out of her and it would just be a mess. Okay. Well, yeah. So that's, th- so there's that. So essentially after this exchange, Miel's like, um, Y'all trying to like y'all cut my roses and Loki. I'm not mm. really trying to give y'all my roses. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna avoid the fuck out of y'all. But you know her boo works on their farm, so she's like, okay, I'm gonna check in on Sam, make sure we're good. Whoop 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 whoop. So like, I don't think it was the next. I mean, it actually Loki might have been the next day, which like Miel <laughs> sweetness. Like come on. Also real quick, so Miel means honey in Spanish, and like it's just so like. Miel, like, eats honey, like, every day before, like, school and shit. Miel's just, I just, I don't know. She's just very, she's we sweet. like her. She's anyway, very sweet. Very sweet. So, anywho. So, Miel goes to, I guess, the Bonner farm the next day and see Sam, you know, see Sam working, whatever, whatever. They end up, like, making out and just being, you know, just rambunctious teenagers. And just in love. And then Sam's like, oh, let me get back to the farm. And then Miel's like, oh, yeah, it's been, like, a minute. My bad. And so Sam goes back onto the farm and then Ivy Bonner out of nowhere. Literally like, creeping in the bushes. Actually came out of the abyss. Mm. Was like, hey, Miel. And I'm like, Miel, girl, that was the moment to run. But mm. Ivy was like, yeah, just come with me. Like, let's like, I don't know, go for a walk or whatever. So Ivy essentially leads her to like the center of the forest. And so it's all four of the Bonner sisters. And like a glass, like a stained glass coffin. Um, and they like, so, okay. So... <laughs> basically they're like so um you know miel you know what we want we want the roses and she's like yeah yeah, yeah. so about the roses uh fuck out of here y'all got me uh <laughs> full circle fucked up uh hell who the doll like y'all y'all tried it um and they're like okay cool 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 so um and then they just shove her ass into the coffin like mm. they're just like you will be in this coffin now and they're like you know either you give us what we want or we'll just take what we want. Re- regardless, we go get what we want. Mm. So they just push her in there, I guess, as a form of like, I mean, of like, you know, I don't know, violence. Um, just like, so they leave her in there. She's like in there for like, maybe like 12, six hours, maybe 12. It was like kind of a while. Yeah. Um, So it's just like really fucked up. She's like super afraid. And at one point she has like a childhood memory where um, her mom had actually done something similar to her. So, so if you remember, so the roses that grow out of Mio's wrists, like in the culture that she was a part of, like before this, like that was a bad omen. So her mom, I guess had heard from like someone in the town that like, Oh, if you put people who grow these roses, like in like a pumpkin overnight, like if they have to sleep in a pumpkin overnight, then like the roses will stop growing. And so like, her mom, yeah, like, got a giant pumpkin, carved it out, and then, like, just shoved Miel inside there and, like, made her sleep in there all night. And, like, 
Miel's sibling tried to stop all of this from happening, but like it, it yeah. just happened. And so it's just, so it's like bringing up this trauma. It's like really fucked up. Peyton Bonner ends up taking her out of the coffin. And that's when they have this whole exchange where Miel's like, why are you doing this? Like, we know that you like girls and it's cool. Like, it's not that deep, but mm-hmm. like, you know, you're not caping for us like that. And then Peyton's like, well, it's for it's for the better good of the Bonner family, and I'm like, okay, but like, is, is it like like are y'all like real estate moguls? Like, what are you, you like? Just what have is glass like pumpkins? Like, like y'all are just like like the like, like the clout? Like, I don't, like, like what is really at <laughs> stake? Clout. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, uh, y'all are weird. Anyways, so, yeah, it's like, not like it's not that what 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 it's not that serious. Whatever it is, it's, it's not that right. serious. Right? Like, like you shoving people into coffins and shit. Right. Like, 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 like you have that. Whatever. <laughs> Right. And, oh, and also, uh, let us not forget. So Peyton was like, yeah, you know, it's really weird in the coffin. You know, you feel like you can't really breathe because there's only like three like breathing holes. And then Miel's like, ooh, you sound like you have personal experience with this. And they're like, yeah, sometimes we just like shove each other into the coffins. Yeah. When, you know, one of us gets out of line. And I'm like, what does oh, that mean? my God. I feel like I and I'm talk like, about that. yeah, Miel's like, have you been in the coffin? And then Peyton's like, you know, some things don't have to be fully, you know, like sometimes there can just be a tacit understanding of something. We don't have to, we don't have to talk about it. And I'm like, mm. We should talk about this one. Maybe we should talk about it. That's a lot. Um, you are shoved. Okay. Um. Anyway, so me, I was like, you know what? I don't really want the smoke. I don't really even fully trust you. Right. So I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna just get the fuck out. So she runs and ends up in the Bonner farm and is just like surrounded by like the glass pumpkins. And again, like just based on that memory, you know, she has this like mortal fear of pumpkins. And so like Sam sees her and tries to like get her out, I, I, which also I don't know why Sam was like out and about. I actually know I do know. He was trying to paint or like hang up one of his moons and just like, I guess, came across Miel and was like, hey, do you want to like go home? And she was like frozen with fear. So he ends up leaving, getting Araceli. They come back, bring her home. And it's okay yeah so after all of this Miel's like super traumatized and you know she works with um with Araceli and so she's having a hard time just keeping up usually so the way that it works usually is that like when Araceli is like you know making love sickness cures like Miel will hand her different materials things like that so one day Miss Owens who is someone that works at the school um comes over I guess I don't know fuck boy situation in her life she's trying to like get over it mm. so rsl is trying to make her a cure and miel is like like is handing her the wrong materials at one point so they do this thing where like when the love sickness comes out they have to open a window so it can like go out the window but miel was like distracted so she didn't open up the window and then it went back into miss owens and it was just like a mess and then miss owens like starts crying and like rushes out it's just it's just like super chaotic so while otherwise it'd be like oh miss owens just ran out it's not that deep miss owens um knows some shit namely she knows that sam is trans um granted in the town you know sam's mother araceli and miel they know that sam is trans but i don't think anyone else knows except for miss owens and so when she runs out araceli's like oh girl that's not good because miss owens um she knows some stuff she knows some shit so if she you know had this negative experience like this could be really really bad so she so araceli goes after her miel's like well fuck i just fucked up literally everything Mm. Meanwhile, so a lot of this is from Miel's perspective, but like going back into Sam a little bit. So Sam is having some struggles of his own, namely because so growing up, Sam used to hear like tales from his grandmother where she would talk about people who were referred to as I'm, I don't want to fuck up the pronunciation, but I think it's Bacha Posh. Yep. I'll be honest, I don't have a full understanding of this, but essentially it's a practice that's mostly done in Afghanistan and essentially Afghanistan and like surrounding areas. And it's essentially this practice where families that don't have sons but only have daughters will elect to 
essentially like treat one of their daughters as a son like they like socialize one of their daughters as like as as a boy and it's not necessarily like a thing where like the children get you know get to elect to be socialized in this way it's just like a it's just a i think it's just like for survival or yeah like yeah. they can help go to the store and protect their siblings their other like sisters and like walk with them as like i guess they're like not guard but like like protection maybe or yeah like i don't think this is everywhere in afghanistan or the middle east but like and at least in where this is happening like female rights are smaller so they can't do as much without Mm -hmm. like someone a guardian i guess so then this older Mm -hmm. or this other this bacha posh can act like their guardian and work and do several things and they also have more freedom yeah 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 so sam's grandmother would tell him about bacha posh folks all the time and so that's kind of how sam understood himself he was like okay like i see myself as a boy but like the idea the oh also poor caveat so the so with bacha posh people essentially like once they enter adulthood Mm -hmm. like that's kind of taken away so like they're expected to you know follow this you know the social norms for women to like kind of i guess fulfill that like gender role and so it's only something that they experience growing up and so sam growing up and getting older is kind of like okay so if i understand myself in this way like i see myself as a boy now but eventually i won't like you know that's just going to be a thing but you know with sam it's not that's not really how he feels. Right. Like he's like, you know, I feel like I'm a boy. I understand myself as a boy, and I don't see that really changing anytime soon. And so it's a little tricky because Sam's mother, that's how she understands him. I and don't so know if Sam- that's true. I think she knows and is using Maybe. this as an avenue, at least for now, to kind of um put off the decision until later. You know what I mean? Like Mm. At least that's how I read it. But maybe I could. Or at least wrong. Sam thinks that that's what she thinks. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, but like you said, I, I think that maybe Sam's mother was like, whose whose name is Yasmin? Yasmin may not, may be like, I know that Sam is trans, and it is it is what it is. You know, like it's just, it's just who he is. So we'll see. But basically. So Sam's kind of going through this like identity piece where he's trying to like understand himself, trying to understand his gender, and ends up going to Miel slash Araceli's house because earlier when like there was a whole situation with the pumpkins and, and you know they had to like get Miel out of the field, mm-hmm. Sam just noticed a lot of similarities between Araceli and Miel. It was like, I don't think that you were just like a random caretaker. Y'all have some similar mm-hmm. features. Y'all have some things that I'm like, y'all oh, look kind of related. Sam was a real a real sleuth. He was like, you know, you wear out your shoes the same way. I was like, Sam, what? Right. <laughs> like, I, I would not have yeah. been able to tell. <laughs> it's like, you're like, both your right ears have this like little like thing. And I'm like, okay, okay someone is observant than a motherfucker. <laughs> so he goes over to Arcelli's house. And essentially, it starts off as a conversation is like, oh, like, you know, what's your relationship to Miel? And then they just mm. kind of have this whole back and forth. And RSL says some shit that's kind of, it kind of sounds, it comes off a little a little harsh. But essentially. Well, you know, there's a lot of harsh words. Like, um, Sam's like, oh, well, you know, they call you a bruja. Like, that's your own culture calling you that. And then she's like, you know. Which is a witch. A witch, sorry, yeah. And... Araceli's coming up with some stuff and you're like oh boy yeah, so it's getting very like intense but yeah, because that, of what's about to happen so right by the end of this conversation essentially Araceli reveals that like she's like yeah you're right 
I actually do have a relationship to Miel. I'm actually her sister, but Miel understand like used to know me and understand me as as her brother. And so she essentially goes on to explain that growing up, like she and Miel were really close and they I think they were only like, I don't know, like a couple years apart. But you know, with the whole situation with their mother and like with the Miel growing these like roses out of her wrist, like it just made things really tricky. But there was one day where it wasn't explained how mm. they how this happened, but Miel was in a river. Araceli jumps into the river to try to save her. And then both, so their mother jumps in as well and tries to save both of them. Mm-hmm. Their mother dies in the process. And Miel, I guess that's how she ended up in the water tower. And when Araceli, when she got out of the water, she noticed that the water had changed her and changed her body such that it was a body that would be read in society as the gender that she had always identified as. And so, mm. and she also noticed that her body was a lot older, that despite her age, like she, you know, was... An adult. L- like an adult, basically. Which <laughs> Just I was like, like, came out as an adult. I was so <laughs> mad adult. at the river. I was like, what is this, oh. a Faustian deal? Like, what... Why right. does she have to be grown? Like, <laughs> like just taking out, like just shaving off years, like right. or whatever. That's um, rude. Just like fuck. Mm. Also, is the river magical? I guess so. Anyway, I guess I was like, that's you change people's bodies. Like that's wild. And so that's this whole thing. And so Sam, upon hearing this, is like, oh wait, so we actually we got a lot of shit in common. Yeah, <laughs> we got a lot in common. And. She goes on to say that actually Sam's mother, because Sam asked her, like, oh, like, does, does my mom, like, know your history and all of this? And she was like, yeah, like, that's actually why, like, that's actually partially why mm-hmm. y'all even live here now. Because back in the day, Yasmin's cousin was having some love sickness issues and, like, had an appointment with Araceli. So Yasmin went with her. And basically they got to talking. Araceli kind of just told her about her past. And then Yasmin was like, yeah, like, I have a son who I feel like, I guess maybe she just was sort of like, I, I'm trying to figure out like proper ways to raise him and like, you know, being encouraging and, you know, empowering all of that. And so Araceli was like, well, if you ever end up here, I'll definitely, you know, keep an eye on him and make sure mm-hmm. that like, you know, we like people treat him right. And so fast forward. Here we are. Happened. Here we are. In the future. <laughs> here we are in the future. <laughs> so, so yes. And so Araceli is essentially like, yeah, so your mother loves you and she wants the best for you and she wants you to be who you are. So now is the point where you have to figure out who you are and mm-hmm. to be who you are. And it's like very powerful and like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it was beautiful. Wow. So moving forward. So soon after, Miel gets a call from none other than Ivy fucking Bonner. Uh, <laughs> Ivy Bonner. Who's like, come over. And then Miel's like, oh, when a Bonner sister tells you to come over, you just have to. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, because they will just pull up. Apparently, <laughs> or like, hide you. in the bushes and come get you. Like <laughs> You sweet. actually kind of do. So she's like, God damn it. So she like goes over. And basically, the I, so the Bonner sisters are like, look, we talked to Miss Owens, and we know the tea about Sam. We know that Sam is transgender, and we will absolutely out Sam to this entire town unless you give us these motherfucking roses. I just roses. don't even then, understand what the road Anyway. And then Miel's like, girl, the roses don't do even anything. do nothing. Like, they don't fucking work. They don't make you fall in love. They're just like, y'all think roses. They're just fucking flowers. <laughs> and she's like, look, I know that y'all are trying to, like, be back on your energy. But, like, listen, sometimes, like, dynasties fall. Like, sometimes empires <laughs> fall. And it just is what it fucking is. Sometimes and they're like, no, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna reclaim our power. We're going to, like, be the modern sisters. And she's like, oh, my fucking God. So Miel's like, give me, give, me, give me a second to, like, figure this out. So essentially, she's like, so in in, in, in this interaction, I, I don't know how this happened, but the Bonner sisters had Sam's birth certificate, which like had the gender that Sam was assigned at birth. And so Miel's like, um, please give me his goddamn birth certificate. What the? What, how, how did you? It, get how that? are y'all? 
<laughs> How did you get this shit? Did Miss Owens give you the, this? Seems illegal as fuck. So she like runs out with the birth certificate, and then like Peyton's like, "If you were smart, you would just listen to the Bonner sisters." And then Miel's like, "I know that ain't coming from somebody who is juggling two girls at the moment, mm-hmm. actually. Who Sam um, has been it, helping? One of whom, uh, who Sam has been covering, like has been covering for you for years. And also one of the girls, I think her name is Liberty. Um, she's like, you are not even doing right by Liberty. Ooh, you that's are dragging true. her along, like because she that's actually messy loves as fuck. the other you know, one. Mm-hmm. She, you love the other one. Like, why are you even sitting here playing games? And everyone's like, oh." Also, okay, Miel, well, you know a lot of tea. But I I'm mean, like, Miel had... Like, <laughs> she was ready to spill. Facts. <laughs> so Peyton's like, oh, I can't even... She's like, well, once you make the right decision, you know where to come. And Miel's like, girl, get out of my goddamn face. <laughs> so anyway, so after all this, she's like, look, they know that I'm really close to Sam. And so we just got to like kind of sever this relationship yeah. because they have way too much power. So she breaks up with Sam. And Sam's like, fuck. And so... After this, there's a scene where RSLE and Miel are at home, and then Yasmin comes in and is like, do y'all know where Sam is? And Miel's like, um, no, but I'm a lot of you and say yes. I also just broke up with Sam, but I'm not going to tell you that. So I'm going to just, we're going to figure this out. And so it turns out that Sam's actually at the river, and is deciding whether or not he wants to jump. So the same river that like Miel puts her roses in, he's like, I don't know if I want to jump and in I or not. And I think it flows such- down from the town that RSLE Use like I, I, in my mind, I was thinking it was the Mississippi River, which is very long. But I think mm. I think it at least connects the two towns. Anyway, right. So there's a river, and so he's like, you know, RSL told me the story <laughs> where you know she was in the river, and the and the river changed her body to a body that you know the society will recognize as the gender that she is, and so maybe. I'm over here trying to understand my gender. Perhaps the river will do something similar to me. Maybe my body will stay the same. Maybe my body will change. Who knows? But like, or maybe I'll just become water and just like, yeah, go along with the river, which I think is um, loaded. Um, but he's like, you know what? Let's just see what the water decides. So he just jumps. It's, it almost feels like he's like, I am at a crossroads. And I don't know what decision. Maybe I'll just let something else make the decision for me. Yeah. Essentially. Which we all have those moments. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. So he jumps in. The river's actually pretty deep. He's pretty much sinking to the bottom. And then Miel jumps in and pulls him out. And that's pretty much where part one ends. Like, she pulls him out. They're, like, looking at each other. She And it's clearly a conversation is about to be about to be had. So, right. yeah. But um, that's the plot summary. Um, Clearly a lot of thoughts. So let's take a break. And when we get back, we'll get into all the thoughts and feelings. Woo! Well, back. That we are. So, yes. So, When the Moon Was Ours is... What a tale. Um, <laughs> so, I guess we'll just, you know, like, our, do our usual thing. Where we'll just kind of jump into our, you know, thoughts and feelings, like, overall. And then kind of jump into some more nuance and discussion. So, overall, just high-level thoughts. This book, y'all, is beautifully written. Mm-hmm. Like, it reads like a poem that has just been going on and on for pages. And it's just so like the writing is almost like iridescent. That sounds really snooty patootie. Let me like <laughs> let me clarify what I mean. Like it's just very colorful writing. Yeah. Like there's so many descriptions of color and smells and like spice. And like, you just feel like the sensory descriptions yeah, are just so heavy. Like you just feel like it, it very much brings up like, sensations a lot and i feel like the way that like scenes like transition from one to another the way the characters relate to each other it's just like there's just such a 
it's just so lush and just so full. It's just, it's very, in the same way that like, you know, Mio has these like roses, just kind of like grow out of her wrists. It's just so beautiful. Like, it's just like, there's just a certain flow and beauty in yeah. the writing that it's just like, this shit is, I, I'm not sure if I've read something like this in recent memory or frankly at all. Like it mm. just, it reads in a very, very unique way. And I love that, like, just how it's told. I love the narration. I think that the (laughs) so Miel and Sam's relationship is very very cute. I love the way that their love is like. Okay, I will say I wish they had a bit more social support. Granted, Araceli and Yasmin are are are, they're great, cute, but I'm like I feel like they need some friends. I feel like they need some some other friends. But to be fair, Miel and Sam, everyone's like y'all are weird as fuck. So maybe that's why that they kind of just I guess Mm. stick to one another. But I like the deeply consensual nature of their relationship. Like, all of their descriptions of one another. Like, they just know each other so well, and they look out for each other. They understand each other very well. There's just such a respect and consent in every aspect of how they interact. Like, it's such a give and take, and it's it's such a healthy dynamic that I feel like, especially in, like, a a YA novel, I feel like that's just so important to see. Like, consent is just modeled so well. Mm. Like, in scenes where they're intimate, but also where they're just talking to each other, where they're just trying to, like... Maybe one's going through something. The other, like when, you know, Miel was in the field and Sam like was approaching her and was like, okay, she's clearly very startled. I, you know, I want to be very careful with how I approach this and like, you know, just be like, not just assume, oh, just because like, you know, I'm in a relationship with this person. I can just, you know, walk up and be like, ah, Miel, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know, it's just like, it, there's a care. There's, it, there's a tenderness there that just, that is just modeled so well. Mm. I feel like masculinity is modeled in an extremely healthy way by Sam. It's just something like, I just love the like nuance of their interactions and just like, how they show up in the book and even though their ta- their town fucking is the worst like among the you know the crew Araceli Yasmin <laughs> like Miel and Sam I feel like their energy among one another is just a deeply deeply respectful one that I find just very very comforting so yeah Aka what did you think yeah I think you you nailed it on the head nailed the hammer whatever I think you're right <laughs> um <laughs> Hit the hit the nail on the head. My bad. Okay, so I think you did a really good job of explaining that. I do this. The intimate scenes were so poetically written. Uh, the whole book is quite poetically written, and I think having intimacy described so romantically, especially a transgender story where mm-hmm. that's not always something that's given. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is really beautiful and lovely, and it handles the conversation with such care that you're like. Oh, this is written by someone who cares and loves and Right. So I really like that. Um I think for that reason alone it's worth reading. And then also the rest of it's also beautifully written. So you could also just keep reading it and it'll still right. be poetic and beautiful. Um Yeah. YA is not my favorite genre. I, because I like space <laughs> and aliens apparently and fantasy. But um <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars. No, anyway. But um right. but this is cute. Like so so I, I I'm, usually I, I'm like oh, I don't want to read a YA but this one I'm like mm, I like this I enjoy it and maybe it's some magical realism elements too yeah. that make me more interested but it, that part is handled quite beautifully I know we're joking like maybe the lanterns or the flashlight is the is a Himalayan salt crystal but it also is really beautiful <laughs> just it can be as magical as you want it to be you know and maybe exactly. Sam just paints moons and he just holds moons in his hands and that that's a really beautiful picture that you can see i i love that it's two poc characters from different cultures but still poc and how that's mm-hmm. the same but also how that causes tension you know when araceli and sam are talking but also how it allows them to relate to each other and the right. the spices the spices are different but they're all spicy you know um, mm. and <laughs> so 
places are different. Okay, anyway. Um, but yeah, I think, and you're right, like the way food and, and scents are described, it's such, I just, it's, yeah, you, you always taste it in your mouth. And to be ethnic, you kind of know those smells and those feelings. And it, it it's very, it, you feel... I guess scene yeah. or something, whatever, however you want to say it. Um, oh, absolutely. I do, yeah, I do wish they had a couple more friends, you know, because I, I do worry about young people and the fact that like romance becomes so intrinsic to their lives so young. But oh, definitely. I mean, whatever, like it's a young adult book. Like, okay, um, like don't care. Like <laughs> you'll, read, you'll read something else <laughs> about friendship. It's fine. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, yeah, the intersection of culture and identity with Sam and his conversations is really, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, nuanced, especially for, for yeah, for a target audience that's that's younger. It's, it's nuanced and creatively done. And also, yeah, I think immigrant kids do have to think about things really quickly. Like, how, does, how do I translate into this culture, mm. these two cultures? How do I make them fit? And it becomes even more complicated when you're like okay i'm i'm queer i i have this different identity now how do i make that fit especially when gender doesn't translate across cultural lines a lot of times right yeah and and i'm I'm so happy you said that because i that's something i really liked as well i feel like oftentimes like trans narratives can just feel like i don't know there's like this reliance on this like kind of western gender binary mm. like perspective to, in, in framing these stories and and i really liked that they introduced you know bata posh and that whole concept of like it's like there's like different explorations of gender to be had like there's not one way that the conversation mm-hmm. can go mm-hmm. and so i i like introducing like yeah just other other constructions of gender right um, or that queerness is not is is you know foreign from brownness in blackness so that's not true either right you know? absolutely absolutely um, so yeah so all of that i will say (laughs) so i have like a thing i'm like noticing a thing um i tend to like villains like a lot especially if they're like kind of fun and like hilarious Mm. and like kind of campy i like i really stand like a really exaggerated villain like give me a disney villain any day of the week i live like twirling of the mustache perhaps come up like hades (laughs) from hercules that bitch will always be (laughs) that bitch was so (laughs) funny i just live so helga pataki lived from hey arnold like i love me like was like a nuance you know, anti hero, if you will. Anyway, yes, <laughs> she, she, I will say she was not a villain. She was, yeah, just, you know, going through some things. But, um, I, I, I like that energy a lot. I just find it very, like, fun. And so, naturally, when I was introduced to the Bonner sisters, like, because it wasn't very specific at first. It was like, oh, the Bonner sisters, they just be pulling left or right. Like, they got motherfuckers in line. Like, they be, like, just power for days. And I was just like, it just felt so, like, chaotic. I was like, ooh, like, this will, this will be fun. And then, yeah, then they were it not quickly fun. became not fun and i was like oh wait y'all are actually yeah. <laughs> fucking awful <laughs> like oh my god but they are nuanced they are nuanced they villains are. in the sense that like chloe has lost her status in the way and like why is that mm-hmm. you know why would society make it so that this situation somehow taints her like why you know what i mean there's a nuance right. there and peyton is is trying to figure out how to navigate who she is in a society right. that's clearly not very supportive. I, I don't know what yeah. Leon and I'm not sure what Ivy's beef is. She kind of just... <laughs> yeah, Ivy just, I don't know. Ivy's like doing a lot. Um, yeah. And it's interesting too because they also just seem very lonely yeah. among the four of them because it's like 
everyone's like, yeah, the Bonner sisters, like, they're everything. Like, they, like, you know, like, <laughs> they, like, have all this power. And yet, and yet yeah. they don't really have friends. Like, people don't come over. They don't, re- like, like having fact, power over someone does not equate to friendship. friendship. Remember yeah. that girl was like, oh, they're creepy. I'm not going to go to their birthday party. So then they stole her cat. I really thought they were going to Oh, yeah, they else. stole <laughs> And even <laughs> the adults the were like, well, <laughs> let her keep the cat. <laughs> right. It's like they cling on to each other in like the most unhealthy way imaginable. Right. And it's just like it makes you wonder why. It's like this collective spiral where they just like are just more and more like just they just cause more and more harm and violence. Mm. Like it's just like y'all could also I don't know. It's just arguably even though Miel is is scared of the Bonner sisters, it's possible they don't actually have the power she thinks they have because yeah. Ivy's being rejected by that that boy and the it, come but, on you know so it's possible come that on. while Miel sees them as powerful and in fact they don't because otherwise why are they trying to take this girl's roses they know that she has even less power than them right mm. and they're desperate like yeah. the desperation it's like okay y'all are doing so much yeah, you're doing a lot for these roses it's like okay so if y'all had all this power right why are you so insecure with it what's going on also like, why do you have a coffin made out of glass it's exactly. weird. That, that part was a little strange. I was yes, like, was it underground I, or was it just there? Facts, like, what happened? Why is it made out of glass? Do the parents know about the coffin? What? Who? What's it for? It, yeah. And then Chloe got pregnant. Y'all just like sent. Y'all were just mm-hmm. like, you must leave. Like it's it's a lot going on in that household. That I'm like, yeah, this is um. A lot of trauma yeah. to be processed. So yes, while they are extremely chaotic, they are expressly not fun in the mm-hmm. way that I thought they were going to be fun. Um, so are they redeemable? We'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how their actions. We'll see what the story yeah, we'll writes see. for them, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm I, definitely curious to see kind of what happens with them. Yeah. I do really like the magical realism aspects of this. I feel like I wanted... I, now I know my preferences because I was like... Ah. Why can't we have some more magic? And then I was like, Akko, it's magical realism. It has to be grounded in reality. And I'm like, why not make the moons fly? And you're like, you're just being ridiculous. <laughs> but no, the, the, it's woven in really well. So it's very impressive. Mm. And again, it's one of those weird things where it's like, so we can accept that Miel was in a water tower. God only knows how she breathed <laughs> and survived for like I don't think years. The town like, how it. long has she like like we could accept like RSLE be open up windows so that loves it to fly. Like we accept all of these things, but Peyton likes girls and that's where mm. we draw the line. Like right. Sam is trans and that's where we draw the line. You know, like it's just like how the fuck? Like, but I think that was probably done on purpose, honestly, just to show like just the like the absurdity it's yeah. like so we have all these other things happening and yet these ba- extremely basic tenets of like human experience expression and identity are somehow like it's like beyond the scope but you like, know, oh, oh. i don't know if the town accepts the roses or the water tower um fair i think they're tolerating that it is a thing because araceli has established herself as the love sickness doctor in the community um mm-hmm. and so you know, Miss Owens goes to her probably getting free, honestly, love sickness cures, which is probably why she's not learning her lesson and just running around going mm-hmm. like coming back because she's like, Oh, I know you know, RSL has my back because I have this information, you know. So I don't know if the town accepts it, but I think because we're looking at it from Miel and Sam's perspective, they were almost mm-hmm. in their love their love glasses. Like, <laughs> you know, we see yeah. we're seeing the world through the way they see it, which makes sense with the title, like When the Moon Was Ours. It almost is like we're looking at them before anything, before the world's perspective matters to them as much. 
And mm. I think there's going to be a loss of that sort of insularness. And maybe it's already happening. Right. It's kind of sad. Yeah. It's adulthood. Oh, I'm sorry, kids. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just one of those things where it's so funny because it's like, I feel like, or at least I'll speak to my experience. Mm. When I was younger, I feel like there was um, certainly a, I won't say like a capital, but I think that like, when you're younger, there is just more permission yeah, given to like that's true. just kind of just be weird. Mm-hmm. Like Sam and Miel are just like kind of weird, but it's like it's just like it is what it is. And granted, I don't think that they're, I'm not sure to what extent they're accepted by their peers, but I think that like reading this, I was kind of like I feel like this notion of being like oh like this is like you know my like misfitty friend or like you know small group of friends or whatever, just kind of having this group where we can just like be ourselves and just kind of like you know do us and just like not worry about these other things and just like kind of exist in that freedom it's like while childhood i mean represents the lack of freedom in so many different ways Mm -hmm. i think that as far as like just being able to just kind of be like a little you know just a little quirky and whatever i think there's not as many consequences yeah like there's just so much more space exactly like to be like a kind of weird adult, it just I feel like there's a there's Stigma. another socialization process that happens when yeah. you get older that like really does sort of homogenize, I think, a lot of our personalities, how we express ourselves. And it's like it's interesting even just seeing it happen, you know, in my own life. Like, you know, mama's a smooth twenty seven and like at this point I've absolutely seen just like, you know, the ways in which people and also I'm sure to a certain you know, myself have have changed as they've gotten older and mm. you know, there's is a kind of hardening of like exactly like it's like it's almost like sort of like this wistful recollection when being weird wasn't so hard i feel like Mm. that's the thing i think it's like i'm i feel like i'm still like loki kind of a weird bitch um but it's just harder (laughs) right i think there's more consequences like yeah yeah like i still would say i'm kind of misfitty but i i was Mm -hmm. saying this to someone the other day like it used not to be so hard for me to be myself like yes um yes and now i feel there are times when people want me to explain myself or to account. Mm. Not in like a, they're like, Akko, are you going around like stealing? And then you're like, why do you want me to explain myself? No, not like that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's almost like a narrowing and people are like, this is what you ought to be mm. doing at this time uh, yes. for this reason. This is the perspective you ought to have. And any other perspective is childish or wishful thinking. Right. And you're like, okay, Absolutely. but your norms are so constructed as well. They were also wistful thinking. We don't, Right, you're still doing it. Yeah. Have you seen the divorce rates? Okay, they're quite high, so it's wishful to get. But that doesn't mean you don't do it. it doesn't mean you don't get married. Right. But to say that's more wishful than to say you know something else is a little bit you know subjective. Yeah, you know, even shit. I think about college. I mm-hmm. feel like everyone I knew was weird, and I was like living. You know, like it's yeah. just like I feel like it was just so people just have so much more permission to just like be silly and just do. You know, I don't know. It's yeah. Just, but I think I do Ugh. think some of the consequences are a bit I don't know. I think people are kind of I think people give away their individuality a bit too easily in my opinion. Mm. Ooh, speak ooh, please elaborate. Well, I'm just like I'm not <laughs> sure what the conformity really buys you, right? Like yeah, it's easier if it's a matter of convenience and perhaps it's convenient. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, like, if you're like, I have responsibilities. I don't have time to be weird. Fine. I'm not trying to come for your life. <laughs> like, obviously, we all have responsibilities. <laughs> I just don't have time to be weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that makes sense. You're like, or, you know, you're, you're being responsible to afford someone else the childhood that they deserve. You know, that's something mm, yeah. people do. There's no, that's that's noble, in fact, in my opinion. But, um, 
but sometimes I'm like, why are you, I like, I'm looking at my peers and I'm like, why are you choosing not to do or be who you are? And sometimes the reason isn't that good. It's, it's a matter of convenience. It's a matter of, I'm not sure. So I'm just gonna mm-hmm. do what society said. And I'm like, I'm not going right. to knock you for your choices. I don't know your life, but I'm not sure if the trade-off is worth it in the long run. I'm not mm. sure. But to be fair, I've also learned that what we're all really doing in life is making our gambles and in 10 to 20 years, seeing how they shake out. Right? <laughs> come on. Shit. <laughs> I could come back in 20 years and be oh like, Oh my God. Ooh. I've made all the wrong choices. <laughs> I don't Should have conformed. So. Right. Damn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Should have conformed. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> that's interesting because it's so funny because it makes me even think about this whole culture of like, you know, people would be like, oh my God, like adulting is so hard or like, you know, they'd be like, oh, like things that adults do that I, you know, certainly don't do. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I know this all this, this weird, like, oh, but like adults do this and I'm just trying to adult. And it's like, why are we like, what? Like, it's like, yeah, <laughs> I don't, that's meet your yeah. needs, you know, like, right. you know, pay your taxes. things like that. Like, right. Pay like, yeah. Like shit like, like that's important. But like, I don't know this whole idea of like having to fall into a script and be like, oh, well like, you know, I'm just trying to be an adult. Like, am I an adult yet? Like, it's just like, what is this? Like, what are we doing? Like, right. it's like, wow. Like, what's the pressure? Like, take care of yourself as you get older. And yes, like, you know, do what you it, need it, to. There but... is a greater degree of independence. However, it's like, it's not. I don't know. I think, like you said, I don't think the trade off is is fully worth it. But I do think you have to explain yourself a lot more. I do yeah. think that, like, when you do go against the grain in a myriad of communities like there's just going to be questions there's going to be consequences and people are just going to try like you know it's i think that there's a lot of just policing of expression as as you get older in a way that that it's not like that doesn't exist in childhood it absolutely does but i think that like there's less of it yeah a a bit more cultural space um, given to children to children and young people i'll say yeah kind of explore because i think that's the that's the narrative right it's like oh you're exploring yourself you're just trying to figure out who you are like you're just going through this phase whatever you know and like, then one day like, you'll you, decide like, and you'll be that forever exactly maybe we should stop adulting and just evolve over time like Ooh, you know yeah. like don't adult just be and mature and be more responsible and take the responsibilities that come and like i said earlier like if you have a relationship like do it well if you have a job yeah. do it well if you have a life do the life well as opposed mm. to trying to figure out what you're supposed to be. Instead of doing what you're supposed to, do what you're doing mm. well. Um, right. Yeah. And maybe a little introspection. I never hurt anybody. It's a little yeah. uncomfortable. <laughs> but yeah, you'll live. I was going to say, <laughs> this is like a, a full 90 degree angle change, if you mm. don't mind. Like me and Marcy were in fine. the car and I was like, oop, you turn. And Marcy was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the the birthday the birthday cake popcorn spilled on the ground we're like Ugh. <laughs> I'm like oh fuck our popcorn <laughs> um, they do make a reference to Layla and Majun which is um a Middle Eastern like fairy tale story which I really liked because I, I, it was just another moment where I was like oh this is a story that is pulling different fairy tales from different narratives and I really like that mm. so it's a classic fairy tale if you want to read it it's not a, it's not like happy happy you know it's not like mm-hmm. you know I'm fairly sure one of them falls in love and then like goes crazy with madness over their love but you know it's still a classic oh, it's very like I remember I was talking to someone from Turkey and I was like oh do you know Layla Majnun and he's like um, everyone knows it like do you know Cinderella and I was like ah fair point fair point you know he got me <laughs> alright anyway so if okay you... get me together sure. right <laughs> so yeah I don't know I thought to point that out Interesting. I 
why do I not remember this? It was I. I only know it because I studied it in college. And that's so it, okay. That's you know. I was. I was like, did they say the title? Like, was I was I reading closely? Uh, no, they okay, they cool. they they, <laughs> they only said the title actually, and that's why like oh. it would have you would just glossed over. It. Like, there's some Latin in the book that neither of us remember because oh yeah then, yeah i was like are, are these colors what the fuck anyway next <laughs> like, i'm like this might have been like super important but like mm, whatever you know moment when you're like in school and you like read a page and you're like this will be important for the exam and then you get to the exam right. and you're like wow that is important i should have read it it's like that one page had that one table that explained mm-hmm. this one concept and here i am with this one fucking question that i don't know the answer <laughs> to because i thought to be cute it it's skip oh god uh, Speaking about the oh future and the present, predictions? Oh, I just wanted to add one more thing sure. before we go into predictions. That's so fine. I did kind of want to have a conversation, again, so in the notion of having thoughts that are still in process. Um, so the metaphor with Araceli in the water, I kind of wanted to talk about it. Yeah, let's bit. do it. Like, okay, where do I even begin? Okay. So, like we mentioned earlier, essentially, you know, the whole incident when Araceli was in the water as a child, like, you know, she emerged from the water with a body that society, you know, read as the gender that she identifies as and has always, etc. And a part of me was like, I find it, I think it's maybe just a commentary on society as a whole. I, I, I didn't look at Araceli weirdly from, from that or anything, or even like necessarily the water, but I'm like... I just find it a little upsetting that it's like, why couldn't people just recognize you as the gender that you were to begin with? Like, why? Mm. Like, I guess, why does it necessitate having to, I guess a part of me is like uh, wondering, see, I'm like, I are see. we subscribing to this idea of like, I guess, gender essentialism, right? Like the idea mm. that like gender is a direct result as of what your sex is or what your sex is assigned to be and like nothing else. A gender is in no way like a relationship like it, it, like something that exists like you know i guess more so between your ears than between your legs you know like mm-hmm. and i guess a part of me was kind of reading that and like and even with sam like it's just like regardless of what your body is like your gender like i i, I imagine for you is going to remain fairly constant and so i don't know it's just one of those things where it's like why does it have to necessitate like a complete transformation but then also with the important caveat important caveats because they're important <laughs> so it's like you know for many trans people, like, you know, dysphoria is real as fuck. And so it's one of those things where, you know, people, like, do wish to change their bodies. And that's not something to, you know, like, there's no, obviously there's no shaming in that process. But I guess a part of me just kind of wonders, it's like, and I think maybe this is just easier for me to say as someone who kind of exists more. Uh, how do I say this? <laughs> like, I, I, I guess I wonder what it would be like if people like if gender could just be take like we just we just understood people's genders as like what they were and like we didn't have such a heavy reliance on like bodies mm. and having to like ascribe to a certain body or like your gender is invalid until your body looks a certain way like i just i find that so right. toxic and i feel like it's just so unnecessary and it's not to shame anyone who wishes to change their body regardless of like if they're cis trans whatever but it's just like th- that transformation sequence I-, I guess i wanted to sort of like unpack that a little bit and be like I don't know. It just, it, mm. it made me feel a little conflicted. Um, right. Well, maybe it's yeah. like um, to show two different because it's magical realism. So maybe it's a metaphor. Maybe, mm. you know, like, for instance, Miel is probably not in a water tower. She probably just 
wasn't town and they found her. You know what I mean? Like we could take right. all, we could take all the magic stuff out and there's still ways that mm-hmm. Miel is in town. There's, you know what I mean? It could be a way to mm-hmm. show different ways of being because mm-hmm. Araceli is like, her point is like, you need to choose what life you're going to live. So maybe mm-hmm. it's like, this is, and, and before Sam didn't have any role models. So maybe the idea is to be like, this is one way. You're probably not a river way. You know, I mean, you're like, <laughs> the, right. the river's probably not going to do it because it's a river and, you know, you got to sanitize. You can't just be throwing people in water. Anyway, okay. So, <laughs> um, but um, I think it's more of a metaphor, like for the mm. different ways people end up expressing their, their gender identity and, and mm. finding the life that suits them um, yeah. and are comfortable with. So that mm. that could be it. I don't know if I can, uh, yeah, I don't know if I can speak too much to the experience because it's it's not in my domain, but I do know that young people in general, right? We we ha- we all have a hard time coming to terms with who we are, what we accept about mm-hmm. ourselves and what we reject, and I can imagine that's even harder if you're trans. Um mm-hmm. and so it's probably that process of having to decide like how am I going to move through the world? Am I going yeah. to do it this way or a different way? Is it going to involve surgery or is it not? Um, mm-hmm. And maybe Araceli and Sam are just two examples of that for people to be able to see themselves and see the choices. Mm. Um, yeah. Because it's magical realism, of course, the river part is a metaphor, but, or maybe it's not, you know, I don't know. Maybe there are magic yeah. rivers. What do I know about the world? There aren't, there aren't, there aren't. <laughs> don't jump into rivers. You're not going to get roses out of your arms, Jesus. Anyway, but, um, yeah. you know, that's what I'm thinking maybe but i think you make a good point though still marcy obviously you're like of course i do i'm very intelligent (laughs) and i agree um is that thank you (laughs) our society we do have to wonder you know masculinity and femininity are tied so intrinsically to the body but also not to reject our bodies you know like where's the medium between acceptance of our bodies because they they are the ones we have and there is a loveliness to to the body you know but also does that need to be tied to a certain gender not no you know and right why can't we both appreciate the body and and be the genders that we are and and why do we require it to look a certain way for you know why does society really require that and so your your point is well taken and it's something to be thought about because it's important and you make a good yeah. point. So thank you for raising it, even though it was, you know, it required a nuance in the level of um, specificity of words, which is difficult. So woo, I think thank you're you. cool. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I guess uh, like the base of, uh, yeah. Thank, th- thank you. That, that was very affirming. And I guess, yeah, like in, in the conversation around like, you know, just I guess more so gender essentialism more than anything else. It's like I don't I guess want to get to a point where I think especially being someone who sees themselves as a bit more like gender expansive and I feel like I'm like approaching the term non-binary, not fully there yet, but you know, I feel like I'm like en route, like I'm like at the first station, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. like I'm like still on the train. But I think I guess I don't want to. I, I, I guess just sometimes in terms of media representation, I don't want to move towards a landscape where there's just like a complete erasure of a trans body, right? Like it's like it's like your body is your body. And, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think that it should like we shouldn't necessarily be gendering bodies. I think that's pretty much the, the, the base of what I'm saying. It's like people can just have bodies and like we allow those bodies to be those bodies and like people should be allowed to do what they want with those said bodies, but also the bodies themselves shouldn't be heavily gendered to the degree that they are such that it makes this kind of like weird dichotomous relationship with um, like 
how people are allowed to show up as right. who they are. So basically, stop yeah. being so judgmental, everybody. Right? Just so God Let damn judgmental. Live. That's it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And become. okay. Well, we got there. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a journey. <laughs> Me and Marcy were like, "Oh, let's get some Gatorade." It's been a long journey. It was like, "Oh fuck, you got some gummy bears?" It's like, "Wait, are you eat gummy bears <laughs> after little, you work out?" The it's one like, with the little um, red shifts on the top. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, let's get into these predictions. All right. Let's do it. Okay. So I think (laughs) (laughs) my predictions are I wrote them down, audience, but it says the glass pumpkins will do something. Great, Akko. Good job. Sam and Miel Miel will make up. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) I feel like the roses will play a larger role in the story. Awesome. So there you go, kids. I clearly my YA like disinterest clearly came out in my predictions. I'm like, I don't know, things will get better. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like things are weird they'll not be weird i don't know i'm like hormones will settle people will communicate and all things will be well marcy um, <laughs> yes okay so i um like you said miel and sam i think they will make up i think they'll reach an understanding i think sam will kind of come into his own and understand mm. himself as a transmasculine person i think he'll probably unfortunately be outed oh, because no. the bonner sisters will stop at nothing but i do think that like Things are going to go differently from what they expected. Either the community will react in a different way or at the very least, like, you know, Sam's support system, i.e. Miel, RSLE, Yasmeen, and I don't know if there's anyone else. But I think they'll work to protect him in, in, in all of this. Um, I mean, hopefully I'm wrong, but just they energy. I'm like, the Bonner sisters will like stop at nothing. Yeah, they're um, doing a lot. But hopefully they'll be like, I don't know, completely called out and people will be like, yo, y'all like, y'all kind of whack. Like, like, y'all really do it all? Like, bro, like... <laughs> Like what? Um, so hopefully they fall from grace, mm. um, or, or they maybe, just leave, or maybe like whatever is bugging them. Like maybe like that gets solved. You know what I mean? Like let's. I like that more. That's compassionate. Yeah. Yes, I, I would say that. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any any quotes? I do. Before we wrap up, okay. It's very short. It just says there was a line at the end of one of the chapters, and it reads, "She was a place whose darkness held no fear." but the promise of stars. Mm. I like it. Mm. I like it. I had a very, it's like a, re- like a just regular, regular paragraph, but I feel like in, in the way that we, you know, we keep talking about the writing, but like, I, I kind of want to just, I guess, read a paragraph just so like, y'all kind of have like a feel for like what we're talking about. Mm. So this is basically, so right after like Mio saw Ivy get like, rejected and ivy called her for the first time and was like hey come over and then there was like all that weird shit with the roses they like cut the yeah, 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 all that so essentially right after ivy hung up the phone this is what the paragraph reads ivy's voice stayed inside Miel's ear like the sound of the ocean caught in a shell the words has sounded open guileless one girl asking another outside to play but there was also the edge of something a little alluring like the piloncillo sugar araceli melted into hot chocolate it made me all cringe, thinking of every time Sam heard that voice as he bent down to the vines crossing the Bonner's fields. So, just take that re- regular-ass mm. paragraph. And that's basically the book. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. Just, yeah, a lot of metaphor, a lot of poetry, a lot of sensory descriptions. Just very much that. So, yeah. Well, I guess we can, you know, do a little outro. Mm. Or whatever. Unless there are any other thoughts that you want to leave folks with. Well, you know, Marcy, if I have any other thoughts, I will put it on our Twitter page, which is at the color pages. Ooh. Mm. Or maybe even my Instagram, which is also your Instagram, because it's these color pages. (laughs) (laughs) 
We also have a link tree, which has all the books we're reading. Also, you know, if you go to our website, we have a link. Marcy made a beautiful link to all the shows that we guest podcast on. You know, a little Curtis, a little Black Chicklet, a little... This is true. You know. Just go to, you know, that website, thesecolorpages.com. <laughs> oh, that one. Ooh. Yeah, just go to that one. And there's like a this section that says Featured In. And you can find all of our collaborations. Yes. So if you ever want to find more of us in between episodes or whenever... Go there. We be out here. And you know what's like, wild? Low-key. We, we are out here low-key. And you know what's crazy? If you are like, I, they have a good energy, these two. But they're birthday popcorn. They're Kit Kat bars. <laughs> They're all, they're funny, daddy nonsense. <laughs> I want to be on their show. Or I want them to be on my podcast. You know what you should do? You should email us at thesecolorpages at gmail.com. Mm. Mm. So, yes. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? While we at it, yes. while we at it, you know, if this show, you know, brought you any love, ooh. any light, humor, delight, delight ooh, you know, ooh. <laughs> you know, if you want to, like, you, you can leave us some love. You ooh. Know, like a comment. Maybe or oh like a, like a oh, rating or like a review oh. wherever you are listening to this podcast and that might be Apple Podcast or who knows not there you go so and you know if you tell a friend tell a family member do whatever you know we just we appreciate hearing from y'all literally always so Facts. you know just help the community get more colorful get the word out mm. you know so so yes so next time you know we will be talking about part two of when the moon was Oz, and we will talk about all the thing all of the, the things yes. that happen but between now and then Akko, is there anything we should leave our listeners with before we head out no i think until we see you next time just remember to stay colorful Absolutely loved that outro. That was actually everything.